Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, beautiful. Welcome to the New Truth Podcast. This is Kate Harlow. I'm on my on my own today without Catherine, but super, super excited to share these beautiful, beautiful souls who I met in Costa Rica a couple of years ago. Um, and just so happy to know you and to have you in my life. And I just feel so excited <laughs> to share the your your love, but also your beingness of both of you, just your energy and your hearts with everyone listening. They're going to love it. I know it. Um, this episode, we're going to dive into living the new paradigm of love with Juliana and Mark from Boho Beautiful. So happy to have you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. This is a joy to hang out with you again, too. It's always a fun time for us. So it's so hard you. to find time sometimes to spend like quality time hanging out. So it's yeah. nice to be able to be like, let's force this in. We're going to all hang out. <laughs> yeah. We'll just press record and hang yeah. out. Exactly. Perfect. The, the podcasting way of hanging out. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Love awesome. It. So you guys have been together for a while, hey? Oh my gosh. A long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've been together for almost 12, almost 12 years and yeah. married for seven, almost seven years. We'll be, it'll be our seventh, oh, yeah, seventh wedding anniversary on May 24th. She's mm -hmm. the of the relationship. <laughs> You're like, I don't even, <laughs> I remember once somebody asked, how long have you been married? And he's like, I don't know, like four years. And I was like, you don't know how many years we've been married. There's a good reason for that. There's a good reason for that. It, it's because I always, and we always said that the minute we met, it felt like we were like meant for each other. Yeah. So we were already married. In my eyes, we got married only because we wanted to have a party with our family and let our parents feel like there was something formal involved. <laughs> so it was like from that moment, it was like, you know, I, I always know how long we've been together, though. Mm -hmm. But the marriage. Yeah, no, I'm always like, I'm not sure what year we got married. <laughs> but I don't know. You were married since things. the first date. Yeah, we oh, actually yeah. Uh, funny enough story to share, but we're actually we've been married twice. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I <laughs> don't even remember that. that. So the first time we got married, which is kind of what the date I keep in my heart, May 24th, we got married in Costa Rica on one of the most special beaches here, Playa Barigona, which is like a, a little more of a secret spot, at least that, that was at that time. It's not anymore. And um, the person that married us was actually Mark's old friend. Oh my and God, Brian. Brian Because like, we, we want to make it super inclusive and fun. And like, you know, the thing you hear people doing where like, Oh, my friend got ordained and then he married us and did it. And, you know, it becomes like that really cool bond with the person that did it. And so, you know, I reached out to one of my oldest friends, Brian, was like, Brian, do you want to go get ordained and marry us on the beach? Because he was coming and he was like, of course, like it was just like without hesitation. And I never thought about it again. And then like a couple of weeks later, he sent me a picture of like, he got something in the mail when he did a course and it was like a little Bible. And like, I think he even he got like a collar thing that like priests wear or something like it's And it's so to me, I'm like, that's for sure. That's legit. Yeah. We're like, we got um, ourselves a priest. So we got um, married and it was a beautiful wedding and, uh, and Brian did it. And he did, Brian a great did job. it. And then when it came to us coming back, we were living in Toronto and Canada at that time. We came back and, you know, we signed off our papers and them off to whatever the city hall or whatever it was. And then we got a, a letter in the mail back a couple months later being like, well, the person that married you is actually isn't recognized by the governmental ordainment or whatever. <laughs> so technically <laughs> your wedding wasn't really real. Like you weren't, you're not really married. And we were like, come again. <laughs> and like, so what? they were like, okay, you have to come now and like fill all these affidavits and you have to come to the well, courthouse. They said and... it, if you want 
yeah, you can, you can like, fight it. You can not fight it, but like refile, but you have to go through this process. And so we went to this, like, we went to this Ontario provincial like, courthouse, like three times and had to spend hours in there waiting in line with all these like, and there, yeah, there was this one time we were with one of the head guys, like right near the end of it all. And he looked at us because we were going over it and over it. And he just stared at us. He's like, you are the first people in my life that have come to this court to make your, to try to make your marriage legitimized because everyone's oh. going there to try to break off their marriages oh. <laughs> we were like, we're like, no. it was really funny but it, and then you know after three times we got another letter and they the judge was like well now you have to prove that you're not related you have to provide like what? blood workers oh yeah, yeah like it was the craziest thing too i was like oh like i give up this is stupid well, like we, yeah. you know yeah. so we ended up leaving and then traveling and then we just never like because again in our hearts like we got married i didn't really didn't need even... the piece of paper to tell me you know what yeah. i mean like i yeah. know the 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 ceremony that we had and the words we spoke to each other and all of those things that was the real wedding yeah. And so, um, but then when it came time to, uh, we found out that we were having Xavier you know, I was like, well, you know, I kind of really would like for us to be properly married. And, you we, know? Want, and we wanted like, there was last name things. We're like, we want him to have a last, last name. name. And like, I couldn't change gosh. my last name if I don't have a, you know, a marriage certificate or anything like that. So when I was like 14 weeks pregnant, we, and this was during COVID time, we ended up actually um, going to Mark's sister's backyard in Edmonton. And we found a registered legitimate uh, <laughs> minister um, minister and we did a little like thing on the ground with like a little picnic uh sarong and, and your family from calgary and my from mom Edmonton. came down and my dad family, and my and sister then, then and we it, send the rest of our family and friends a zoom link and we said because it's covid too right oh, uh, we yeah. we're having a second wedding and uh and we had yeah. a beautiful wedding and we had a really beautiful wonderful. little ceremony on on the grass just in the backyard breaking all the covid rules of course I love <laughs> and uh you know it was cool because we got an opportunity to kind of like reinstate our vows again and go through that process was, which was really beautiful and it was almost three almost it was almost three years after or yeah, was it three no almost yeah. four four years after because uh, everyone was like, you it. should do this every four years. Yeah, yeah. And we were like, that's a pretty I, cool idea, actually. Like, yeah. why we, don't people do that? Like, I so I actually long. was just talking about this the other day with a, a friend of mine, um, my friend Kelsey Grant, who is a relationship coach too. We did an episode at the very beginning of the podcast, episode six, for those of you who haven't heard it, it's called Fuck the Rules, Make Your Own. And we talked mm -hmm. about if we were to ever get married, it would be more like a car lease where every, I think that's so much smarter. If every, every four years or so you're like, okay, are we renewing? How does yeah. it feel? Are you still happy checking in? Like, are we growing? Are we evolving? Is no. this still working for both of us? And like, what are our new commitments to ourselves and to each other? I so that. I think you're onto something here. You yeah. probably do, but it's been about four years too. Yeah. I think, I think it's beautiful because it's so easy to fall into this kind of like um, automatic type of relationship where you're just kind of flowing and, you know, you have so many things in life and we got a lot going yes. on. So it's really easy to just fall into this autopilot mode and yes. having these moments where you're actually like, you know, we had to plan an event, like even when it was small, we still had to take the time and make sure, you know, even the smallest, it was really, yeah. yeah like energy you to got to, I got to wear a little like white dress again and wrote our vows the night before. And we did a little mm -hmm. ring exchange again. Like it was just like a beautiful yeah, like recentering and reconnection again when everything is happening. Renewal. Outside of I us think renewal, renewal, like yeah. like you said, like with the car lease, as funny of an analogy that as that sounds, like renewal is such a strong thing in our individual lives and mm -hmm. in our partnership. Is the idea of like even every day renewing, every week, every month, yes. like renewing. What are yes. our intentions? What do we want to accomplish? How are we feeling with where our energy went? Where do we want our energy to go tomorrow? And like it, renewal is like probably the strongest word in our proud last three or four years, once mm -hmm. we became conscious of how powerful that is. Right. Yeah. I think we yes. were kind of, kind of doing it before. And then we realized, Oh my God, this is what we do now. Let's do it even more and be more yes. intentional about it because of the value that comes out of like, mm -hmm. of that aspect. The funniest thing actually about the wedding too, not the funniest, the best part about it was at the end of the wedding, mm -hmm. when everyone was all happy and you know, we'd done the thing and done the kiss and all, yeah, all the stuff that, and it was cool because with the wedding, we chose like, we're not really traditionalists, but we chose the things that we like and we made the rest up. So, you know, it kind of made our own paradigm of what a wedding should be. And at the end of it, we had the minister say, and there's a special moment here. We want everyone to raise a glass because 
Juliana and Mark's partnership from is now growing from two to three. And it was the first time anyone in our family knew that, oh, that we were having a baby. I that we announced moms. that we're pregnant. And everyone yeah. just went crazy. <laughs> like it was really funny. Like I all I remember actually, because it's such a joyous thing, you know, everything gets to turn to a blur. But I remember glancing over and seeing my eldest sister, and she was just sitting on a cross-legged or something on the on the grass in her backyard, just like bawling like a baby. And I was just like, is the sweetest thing I ever saw. It was so cute. But I have goosebumps all over and, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure everyone can, can feel it. You, I'm so happy we're having this conversation. I, I'm trying to think we had Mark and Kylie on, we had another relationship coaching couple on, um, Jeffrey and Vanessa a long time ago. I think you might be the third couple we've ever had on. And it's so (laughs) that the, your love is so palpable and you're free frequency. And, you know, on the, in, in the podcast, we talk so much, like women are constantly in their heads about, well, how do I, how do I know if it's the right person? And how do I know if he's going to meet my needs and how do I, everything's so controlled. And I, I keep feeling into what's different in the relationship I'm experiencing now, what's different in witnessing you and witnessing Kylie and Mark and witnessing Catherine, my podcast partner, who you haven't met yet. And Andrew and, you know, all the couples I know that I really am inspired by it's the, it's their energy frequency. They're aligned. It's alignment. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's reciprocal. It flows. You're talking about your wedding. You had well, I guess you'd had this one a couple of years ago, not, not seven years ago, but you've been together for 12 years. And if people could see the smiles on your faces as you're <laughs> telling this story, like I feel like Mark's there. <laughs> it is so beautiful and so um, inspiring. And I always hear women say, um, single women say, you know, I don't have any models of healthy love, of healthy relationships. And I think it's so important to have models of healthy relationship. And your life is no joke. I mean, you guys don't just have a relationship. You have a relationship. You have a baby. You have a business. You have a very (laughs) successful, really big business that's changing and growing and evolving. And you have, you travel the world. Um, I've already decided your next wedding is going to be in Greece. <laughs> oh, oh, I do like that. Idea. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, it'll be Greek. I'll be there. Greek island. I'll, I'll get ordained. I'll get ordained. ordained? <laughs> yeah. You'll have a woman minister. <laughs> Amazing. Our second one. Too. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I would love to hear your story from the beginning and and like weave in like the business because I'm obviously I'm imagining you didn't have it before you started. So just like, take us back to the beginning and how, how I'm sure all the women listening are like, where, where did you meet? Like, but um, yeah, I'd love to hear the whole story. Well, it's funny the way Mark and I met was actually in a, I feel like we were completely different people when we met each other. Can I make a correction to that? <laughs> well, I think that we were living different identities yes. and not our authentic yeah. selves. Yeah, we were I, saboteurs. Saboteurs. I don't, yeah, we I, I, I honestly, yeah. I think the longer I live, the more I realize the yeah. closer I get to my center, that it was always there. And I'd like to yes. believe that everyone mm-hmm. has an authentic self in themselves yes. and yes. you just got to get rid of all the noise yeah. and, and the yeah. baggage and the, the masks that we love to wear. And, yes. and so, because yes, when we met, I was definitely wearing a different identity and so was that. And like believing that I'm like something that wasn't anywhere near aligned to myself. Yeah. Yes. And, um, this was a time actually, um, when we were both somewhat involved in music, but in a different way. Um, so I was in a girl group and I laugh about it because it's really funny. <laughs> like a band? Yeah, kind of like a dancing band. Like we sang and danced. And, and rapped. Well, I didn't rap. Wow. We had a girl that rapped. Um, there's three of us. It was, very, it was like really cool. Um, girl group makes it sound not cool, but at the time it was pretty well, cool. Well, we were all starting like after my I gymnastics know, cool career, I, I went into a little bit of dance and I, I, you know, did some dance work here and there. And then I met these two girls and we were all backup dancers before for certain artists, you know, as, as part-time jobs or whatever, or jobs, I guess. Um, and we wanted to create something of our own. And so the three of us came together and there's two of us that sang myself and another girl and another girl that rapped. And so we just kind of started doing our own music in our own living room, having fun with it. And then this is in Vancouver at the time. Then we just started getting all these 
weird little bar shows booked like, oh, at this bar, or at this club, we would just get these shows. And it was really fun. We just got to perform and sing and dance and, and really enjoy it. Um, and then I guess somehow our... But you guys took it seriously. We did. We dedicated ourselves see, they, very deeply wow. to you, it. You showed me early footage of like your rehearsals and your. Oh yeah, we were like they. We were. Julianne is always, and this is, I think, one of the things that attracted us to each other. But you were always like a dedicated. I, I don't like the word overachiever, but like a goal setting, like yes. determination. Mm-hmm. Like I will get to this if this is what I want to be. That's mm-hmm. where I'm going to go, and I'm going to put my all my all into it. Yeah. Like, so I like, you know, you said you're downplaying a little bit, but you know, they worked. We were taking it seriously for sure. And this was a Where did you learn that? Where did you learn that to be that dedicated? Was that, did you learn that? Uh, I think it stemmed from my like early on gymnastics career. Uh, Yeah. I started rhythmic gymnastics when I was seven in Ukraine, actually. And, you know, kind of got into it very professionally from a very young age. And um, that was my life until I was like 18, 19, and I had to retire as a gymnast. Um, Yes, so my whole life was all about discipline and understanding sacrifice and learning what it really means to dedicate yourself to a sport or to another art. And I think that transcended into all the other things I took on after this gymnastics career. So that, you know, for that moment was this, you know, girl group or a band, I guess you would call it. Um, but it's interesting. So then I guess, you know, because we were booking shows at that time, Mark worked for Universal Canada, which was a record label out of Toronto. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I ran the, the A&R department there, which is the artist and repertoire. And I'd only been there a very short period of time, but I accelerated extremely fast. Um, just, I had a lot of, t- a lot of it was timing and a lot of it was because the music business was in a, such a time of shift with the digital age like coming in and just Mm -hmm. changing the landscape and then I had a punk rock record label and I had some really like it was a very like decent sized punk rock record label for Canada and my band was doing really well and some of the bands I was doing really well and then Universal who was just like trying to figure out what the hell to do with music now that artists were able to take their futures and their careers into their own hands and do it so they came to us to me and said bring your label into us and you come in work as an A&R representative, like a very low level, just like, which means a scout. Like at the, when you're at the right. first level of it, you're just like, you go and you say, Hey guys, you should sign this. And then you bring the artists in and you like help them make records and videos and things. So it was a very creative job, but it got me to a point really quickly with a lot, like, cause I seemed to have a good hang of it. You know, like it was pretty, like very natural to me. It was very in line with what I did when I began, which was like, find the heart of music and bring it to the forefront and let the world see it. Like when it's simple like that, it's, you know, to me, music business should just be that. But then the higher I climbed in it, you like, all of a sudden I was like running the department, like the youngest person to ever run that department. And like sitting in a room with the four other top executives of the entire company for universal Canada. And they're all like 50 something. And I'm like staring at them all just being like, it's my fucking future. <laughs> like, like, cause it was like, should I'd be there still if I never made any changes, but it made me so scared and it made me like work really hard still, but at the same time, like almost out of fear, hoping that something I might do might help me parlay into something else because I just knew I, I thought somewhere else needed to go in the direction of music. Um, but eventually I found out that I needed to like, I needed to make a departure, but I just never had the guts. And anyway, so one of the things we wanted to do is expose Canada to Vancouver artists. Cause at that time, Vancouver artists didn't there, they, they never got the same shake that anyone else did on the other side of Canada. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, as the head of this department, we're going to make a campaign. I'm going to go live in Vancouver for a month. We're going to hire people out there to just be on the ground. Like, and I had this whole dream and vision and like went to Vancouver and set up shop and like with my best friend at the time, who was my right-hand man. Like, and the two of us just like lived in Vancouver and we were just like these music guys. And eventually one day someone was like, there's these girls in the girl band. You guys have to see it. They're so like, they're so cool. And they're so hot. And like, so we're like, (laughs) 
literally that's how like it would be pitched because it was like three gorgeous girls like rapping and singing and dancing and so we're like yeah for sure let's go check it out and that was oh my, like, this is already the best story ever like what I didn't so even I, know your I didn't even know your story I love that that I had the intuition to have you on the podcast and I didn't even know your story this is so good oh so it's funny because I think the show that Mark came and watched was um we were an opening act for Nelly I don't know if you remember Nelly oh of the course. artist yeah 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 <laughs> Uh, it's getting hot in here. Yeah, yeah. Did you wear a band the take up all your clothes. We were the opening artists and then weird like wow hip hop club. It, was, it wasn't, it was at an arena. Wasn't it at like No, it was like a weird big hip hop club. Oh somewhere. yeah, near the arena. Yeah. Have... Anyways, and so that's that was the show that Mark came and, and watched us perform. And then the next day they're like, Well, this head AR guy wants to meet you guys. I'm like, cool, okay, we're gonna take a meeting with this guy well, because I saw it and I was just like oh this works you know mm -hmm. like being you know normal at that point I had to also sign things that um feed the masses what they want and at that time there was like pussycat dolls and girlicious and I thought that stuff was terrible but I was like this could be made really cool because mm -hmm. there was like it was like on the pulse of like on the tip of good music at that time in that yes. vein which wasn't just yeah. like candy pop like there mm -hmm. was like some swagger to it and a little bit of like it was a little deeper than you know the the candy girl groups and I was like okay a cool girl group like here we go so I was like let's meet them let's let's yeah. let's figure out because a lot of artists a lot of when you sign artists is about the mentality of artists mm -hmm. like yes you can find someone great but if they don't have the right headspace or the right understanding and actually everything in life that I that I think comes back to being true to yourself like if you're authentic in the art you create even if it's yes. a girl group or even if it's a piano player or whatever it might be mm -hmm. as long as it's authentic and you can hold that authenticity and covet it you can walk the path with grace through your trajectory, whatever success that is supposed to be on the grand scale of what people would adjudicate success to be. Yeah. Um, so before anything, you really got to get inside people's heads. Yeah. And it's like, nice. so I was like, okay, well, the first step for that is let's meet them yeah. and sort of like try to get through that like weird you know, like they're going to be the best version of themselves that they think a record label is supposed to be. And the record label people try to be the best right. selves that they think the artist like wants dating. to see. Like oh, dating. Like dating. Like dating. Yeah. It's so weird. Shapeshifter. So... That's the shapeshifter. <laughs> right? And so it's like, okay, let's go yeah. see if I can get through all that noise and figure out if they're good to sign. And that was all I was thinking at the yeah. time. Yeah. So we met in this like little noodle shop in downtown Vancouver, like near Grand Mall somewhere. It was like in Davie or something, wasn't it? I, no, I, I don't even remember. It was so long ago, but... Um, I remember it exactly. But we, you know... You were the first one. She was the only one there. And Ivan wasn't coming with me, was he? Or did Ivan come? I don't even remember because I walked in and her friends were late and it was, you were wearing a Lakers hat and she was just like sitting alone in this noodle <laughs> shop. And it was just like, like with her hat down over her thing. And I was like, oh, there she is. And went and sat down. I think it was just you and me to start. Yeah. And so we, we connected actually, because I just came back from Ukraine at that time and Mark's both of his gra grandparents are from Ukraine. And so I think immediately, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so, we were, so immediately so I was just like, we, we kind of started to bond on the fact that we're, I was like, this girl know, is just have... in Ukraine. That yeah. was like the coolest thing to me actually. And like, yeah. so it didn't even start at like a, at a, at a place of like anything, like it started at the root of our, our root, like at the, at our roots, mm -hmm. which was like, and honestly, and that was that moment was probably yeah. the, the spark that began, like it was Everything. just one little spark, and, the Ukraine thing. And you know what it was, yeah. is that I think there was like this intuitive feeling when I met Mark, instead of, you know, when you meet somebody for the first time, it's like, you're saying you kind of have to like put this thing about yourself and you're so worried about like, well, how am I going to come off? And, you know, like you almost get too, you get too much in your head and mm -hmm. it gets in the way of just truly being your authentic self. But there is something about Mark's energy with like, it was so relaxing to me. And I even told him like, when I met him, I felt like I wasn't, I felt like I just reunited with a friend already. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, clearly we've met before maybe in past lives yeah. that, yeah. It was so easy and comfortable. so comfortable that we just kind of slid into this like really easy mm -hmm. conversation and like everything just felt super fluid and flowing. And it's like, you know, when you have conversation with someone and you can just talk for hours about random things and it never feels awkward. 
Like mm-hmm. that's kind of how it felt, but from the very beginning that we met well, that mm-hmm. moment. And then when more people showed up to the noodle shop, all of a sudden it took this a like, little bit more of like shape, business. Like, yeah. yeah. But yeah. then you're like, like, oh God, we're on our first date though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally, right. Yeah. And then it was like that night we came and I think you're performing again. Was it that night or the I next know. night? And then we went to a club that you're that Daniela, the other girl in the group, worked at. Yeah. So because it was like club scene and like right on Granville. And that was a terrible club. And I just remember like she got us up. Anyways, the point is then that night at the club, I remember being like, Juliana, tomorrow, do you want to go on a bike ride? <laughs> like in the middle of a club. Oh. <laughs> and that was kind of the beginning of of everything. And I think Mark and I just we went on the bike ride together secretly. See well because no one but we had to do it secret because there was also this stigma that would, you know, there's an artist and a manager like a in a, in a working environment. They would think, oh, well, someone's trying to leverage the relationship to get ahead Uh, in career and people judge and people have assumptions. And so that was already like a big resistance at first, but like, no, we shouldn't for both of us. We shouldn't go on weird little like date like that. What are people going to think? I was just drunk enough to ask her and just throw all that aside. You know, (laughs) this this was our, our were you at the Roxy? I need to know what club it was. No, what was it? You remember? What was no, it? I, it was just like four doors down from the Roxy I don't, I don't towards remember. the water. Honestly, I think that's the only one I know. Those names have just completely erased out of my psyche, to be <laughs> yes, honest. Yes. Again, it was a completely different identity that I had at that time that there's a lot of blur lines in my mind now about it. But anyways, long story short, um, Mark and I just slid into this really beautiful secret relationship because like I said, there is so much you know, judgment that can be made about it. And so for the neck, like once he left to Toronto, we actually talked on the phone every single day for probably until her, until her father called me because the long distance charges on her cell phone were so high. He wanted me to help pay for at that time. Like, I mean, I was young, I was, I was still 21. And that time I was still in my parents' family plan. And so my dad would see the bill. And, um, and then I came out to Toronto and then, well, you know, and it's it funny because began, like, yeah, because that it was weird because at the, on the one hand, I could see really amazing things happening for them as artists. And I really, for this new love for her, wanted to see the, the band succeed, but yeah. it, like wanted, because I knew it could, like I saw it and I was just like, we can do this, you guys. But then on the other hand, it's like, everything says, if you need to do that, you should not culturally engage in the relationship that actually started the minute we sat down at that noodle shop. Mm-hmm. So there's this incredible conflict of like, what's the right thing to do for society and what's the right thing to do with your heart. So we followed our hearts and continued this really weird, weird, like Julie, Romeo, Juliet secret thing where it's like, like I was on a TV show on much music, I think at the time, like on disband, like, so I was like, like they put, (laughs) I, I managed to like create this like public persona, which helped my job because then when any artist wanted to get signed, they knew who they should think of to talk to or like that kind of, so it was like, I, cre- I created this so- whole identity where my whole, entire being was represented by like, no one knew me except Mark from universal at that time in my life. Like right. it wasn't Mark Spickluck. It wasn't Mark right. the individual. It was like, so every one of my friends, mm-hmm. everyone I knew, like it was all based on what the tag Mark from universal could do for them. Uh, it was a terribly toxic place and it right. fed the identity structure that brought more success to it. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it led you to these places where there's always like such deep conflict, especially with what you, like what I wanted, which was to pursue this, this real, like what felt like real love. Yes. Um, so I remember picking her up from the airport and to the, to the, to the degree that we would ha- like hide our faces. Put a hat on, like, put a hat on. It turned so small. Yeah. You never Everyone thought you were just really famous. <laughs> like, <laughs> like not famous, but like it wasn't anything to do with that. It's just like, if by chance in one in a thousand yes. there, and well, it, you were in the public eye. You were known, yeah. so you had to, yeah. No one would know. Like people yeah. would, like no one could know. Yes. It was crazy. So we ended up was, it, weird... was it fun at first, the secret part, or was it hard the whole terrifying. time? I think it was, I was terrified. It was terrifying more than fun right. because I think the fun part was just to be with. Whenever together. we were together, because you know, it was a lie. But yeah, it was. 
I kind of, there were moments where I was like, I wanted to, like, I want to just go out to dinner together and not worry about if someone's going to see us on a date and, and talk and, and spread yeah. rumors, you know, and then we couldn't do those kinds of things. So the yeah. beginning was very secret, but then over time as a band, we did end up getting like a record deal with Universal and they moved wow. out over to Toronto and they were really going to develop us into these, this new thing for Canada. And, well, no, it know. wasn't for Canada. We, we, mm-hmm. we had done like a lead track to get the deal done. Mm-hmm. in my loft remember we did in yeah. my loft like because we I used to have a studio in my loft so we did this like it was I don't even know if I still have it we should have it somewhere on an old computer somewhere but it was this amazing track that I was able to bring to Los Angeles and get this this guy Martin Kirzenbaum who's like the guy who found Lady Gaga and the guy that found like all these like art like he has his mm-hmm. own little label and he works with Jimmy Iovine the biggest guy in the history of that era of music and like so these two wow. like pillars and moguls were like oh yeah we want that and at that level of what lined like these stars aligned mm-hmm. because once they the rest of them the girl group found out um that like they there was a tour that came and I remember it was like all the hot artists from his label were on it and I was like yeah they all want to meet you to go and then and it was just like that whole thing I was saying earlier about mentality of like you're 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 are you aligned with the purpose of the art for the art or the purpose of the art for the success mm-hmm. the the uh, girls other than Juliana saw this as oh fuck we made it <laughs> like so it just like immediately and that like, got into their egos and then everything well, actually in terms of the girl group um became toxic it became a really negative toxic environment it wasn't about anymore the art and performing and just doing the best it was about getting ready for the parties or going to this event or that event it's like it just shifted and I think because of the toxicity and everything I it became a really negative place for me and I think that slowly started to work with what Mark was experiencing and within I think three months of us signing the deal and signing and moving into Toronto um the whole group fell apart. Everything got disbanded. It was really, really dramatic and negative. And um, yeah, I, I kind of came, I moved in with Mark immediately as soon as I, I moved to Toronto. And that was like the beginning of us, at least for me at that time, feeling completely lost in a ground, like rock bottom in my life, because I had nothing at that point, except him. <laughs> he was like my only thing that I could like have some sort of consistency in because mm. with your job you had not, no other security in your life um so it was really difficult and then mm-hmm. that you know that led to also him I think and I'm just projecting this but maybe watching me starting to soul search deeper in mm-hmm. my heart about well who is it down here outside of all these labels yes. that have been put on me to be this girl group or this girl part of this now that all that was stripped away like this like someone just burnt it in yeah. one day the universe is like uh-uh, yeah. this is not the path for you <laughs> okay this isn't your path go find another path and I was in yes. that moment of like at a dark place but having to search again and I think for Mark watching me have to go through that well, I, yeah and started I, to inspire him for sure in different and ways to also start to search for that like I was saying earlier I was just like oh. I was miserable where I was and mm-hmm. this was actually probably one of the last things that I engaged with emotionally because of the love we shared like I in a way wanted to see the succeed to give her and them like this success and then I watched it start to implode and then the industry got really involved with it like it like because they were such a big thing and there was so much politics and I was exposed like all the dark shit in the industry that I hate that drove like that ate at me when I was at that job and like watching these lawyers try to get involved and then like the like it was just like and I it was it probably took me about two or three months of coasting after the implosion. I think mm-hmm. it happened in October of that year. And by December, when there was a break, went back like, and she was still sorting things out. And I was just like, almost checked out, but at the same time, still doing what I had to do. I was just like, I know now that the reason we came together was so that we could find our way. We could light yeah. a, we could light the, a new, the, a new fire to yeah. guide the path for ourselves forward. Mm-hmm. So by January, I remember sitting in my office and like lighting a bunch of candles. Weird for me at that point in my life. At this point in my life, it's very normal. normal. And like coming back to the authentic me that before all this, like mm-hmm. did things like read philosophy books and lit candles and was very spiritual and in touch and like, and decide and wrote my boss a letter and was just like, I'm fucking out. And it like mm-hmm. delivered it to him. He fought me on it. And then he fought me on it again. And then I figured out like a way to like negotiate kind of like, well, 
because I was on this other TV show all of a sudden. He's like, if you're on that TV show and you find any artists, will you bring them to us? And I was like, sure. But at least that would have helped me pay my rent. <laughs> and I, but the thing was, I, I just like, I knew the only way out because I ever had recognized every single relationship in my life at that point was attached to the fact that I could do something for somebody. I just um, tore off the bandaid and I, yes. it was the ultimate ghosting of my life. Like mm. I, 95% of the people in my life at that point, I never talked wow. to them. And it was just me and her. And it was just yeah. like, and it was just the two of us had, trying to figure out our new path. And we started, you know, we went to Costa Rica for the first time together. And that was like a huge light bulb in us of reconnecting ourselves back into nature and into the things that we both grew up as children with and lost touch with. And so slowly little pieces started to come together. And then for me, I began to feel this calling to go soul searching deeper through yoga. And that's, where yoga took me uh, to my first teacher training in Costa Rica, actually, again. Mm. And that was the beginning of our path. And, you know, I think from that on, we just continued to find our path forward to continue to light the way forward through, you know, many ups and downs, but we were together and holding each other's hands through the difficult challenges, but also the victories and slowly step-by-step step, realizing that we wanted to take our life into our own hands. And so mm -hmm. we faced the fear and decided to make the first yoga video. Cause I was a yoga teacher teaching classes all over Toronto at that time. And, and Mark I, had experience and you know. because of the TV show and that weird little deal that I had with, with universal that didn't last long. And they actually tried to renege on because they were just like, I was so ghosted. They were just like, what are we paying this guy for? Um, but because of that it gave this huge moment of time for us to actually just process and be like, what do we mm -hmm. want to like, what do we want to do for the first time? Because like yeah. once I, once we took those identities, Juliana from the, the girl group and me from the record label, we tore them off and we were like, just like terrified of what we saw. Cause we had no idea who we were or how to like tend to that and mm -hmm. heal it and make it whole. It was like that, like, cause that, that was probably the most the scariest moment because we had to just sort of like, make do make do and then so yeah like as she was saying we started doing yoga videos but that was like i'd never like i'd done a lot of video directing and i've done a lot like no editing no camera work no and we're just like okay well i figured out music myself <laughs> like do we want to figure out the digital like we've never even been on youtube like let alone like started an account and posted a video so i remember the first time we ever logged into youtube we're like what the hell is this? Like we had no idea. And so we're just like, <laughs> we just dove right into it. And then I think through taking, those yeah. videos, it took us into different adventures. We started traveling and creating content through all the beautiful locations. And then I think the traveling and immersing ourselves in different cultures just together. And it began to, to help us heal ourselves, but also help each other heal. Begin to heal. Transition. And that also inspired all the work that we now do and, and everything that Boho Beautiful has birthed to become now you know but it was mm -hmm. it was a mutual understanding that we were going to go all in mm -hmm. like um, I think like we went all in on each other we burned yeah. our lives and we said let's go all in like yes. so no matter what problem came we knew we had to work through it yeah. we knew that we had to figure out how other people that we've seen have treated relationships and we knew we had to treat that differently yeah and we knew that to co-create anything together such as what we have like it became pretty much like almost like an it still probably is like really unhealthy to some degree but it's an obsession like mm. it, like every minute and like in order to change your life and the situation you're in like you truly have to you have to find every inch that you can win and yes. take them all and we yeah. so, and we recognize that somehow I probably I was a pretty like like I said, like I started a record label doing the same thing when I was a teenager in my basement, like my parents' basement, and she was a gymnast and I was a competitive hockey player. So I think we really understood that like, it's the training that matters for the victory. The victory, yes. it doesn't even exist. It's just the process of getting there. So we learned that yes. a million steps as a relationship yes. and a million steps as a business. And if you're all in with each other on all of that, you, you, you cannot not put it all on the table and we'd have to call each other out whether it was about business or person like or relationship stuff it's like we got it like if there's an issue let's fucking deal like let's yes. put it down and let's face it mm -hmm. and and because if we don't we know that then it all collapses so mm -hmm. we always kind of talk about the, the phrase like 
you know, if you want to take the island, you have to burn your boats. And so we were on these very nice, comfortable boats in Toronto before. And like, we're like, well, the island's over there and that's everything we think we want in life. We have no idea what it's like or what it's going to be when we get there. But we believe that there's something there for us as a couple and for us as like, as like beings to share something more than what we were already contributing to. So we just lit them on fire and swam over. And we like, the only way to survive was to make sure it was all on the table. Mm-hmm. And that was like, literally the, we're still, you know, we're living still on the island, living right on now. the island. It's like still <laughs> of Coast taking the hard road. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, what a story. Oh my God. And you guys have created so much and impacted so many lives all over the world. Mm-hmm. And everything you do is so beautiful. And I love watching your um, I, I did a few of your videos many years ago. I think maybe I told you this when I first met you and then we, yeah, yeah, we yeah. met and, um, and it, like, you're just, you're, is you're just doing extraordinary things. And, mm-hmm. um, and I love witnessing you evolve into what you're doing now and, and the openness and the, um, that you're, what I love the most and, and why you're so aligned for the new truth is you live, you, you learned how to live from your truth and everything. It's so funny that we just recorded the episode for your podcast, having the conversation about the saboteur archetypes. And basically you were in the fantasy attic, like this is who I think I should be. Cause I'm good at all these things. And it's really for the world around you. But I love Mark, when you were talking about the story and saying, the the discord you were feeling within the incongruency of living this life but knowing and julie it feels like juliana and we both for both of you you were representing the truth of who you are and mm-hmm. life brought you together to call you back home and it's so interesting mm-hmm. that you're both you know working in the same industry and uh and then but your beings are who called each other back home and then you've been on this journey of getting to know your own souls together and like the new truth is all about that getting out of being who you think you're supposed to be and coming back home to the truth of who you are and from that place you are so lovable and the parts of ourselves that are trying to get love from being a fake version mm-hmm. of ourselves where there's this crazy discord in within like how many mm-hmm. people are living a fake life right now, convincing themselves there's no other option. Meanwhile, feeling so anxious within because our bodies know when it's out of alignment, Mm -hmm. like the truth is so prevalent. It is. And I think it's also those moments in life that, you know, the the big shakeup happens, right? It's like you live this particular persona, like this fantasy archetype, right? That I'm this, and this is what I have. And then something drastic happens. And all of a sudden, like that moment when everything exploded, you know, in in the, the music and everything is stripped away from you. It's like, it's so difficult, but then you can actually start to see glimpses of your truth. Yes. And though those glimpses of your truth would be completely covered by all of these other external noises that you just, you know, attached yourself to and thought that this is who I'm supposed to be. But then, you know, the universe has a divine plan for you and all of those things worked out exactly the way they're supposed to be. And even though it was a really difficult time to have to step back and be like, wow, I am at ground zero. Who is in here? Who is this? Who is in here? Who who is Juliana? Who is Mark? You know, like it's not all of these external things I put on myself and even these values that I had before that I thought were important were no longer important to me because in my truth, they were never there. But is, you know, the society making me like, oh, I have to look a certain way. I have to wear certain clothes. I have to act and talk in a certain way. So then I am loved and liked and approved by the society way and being scared that maybe who was inside here would not be um, accepted into into the society. And to me, I even sometimes when I, when I say it, I start to think of like, I wonder if that began in our childhood as well, yes. because for me, um, you know, coming from an immigrant family, I had a really hard time of being accepted into the Canadian way I was bullied in school. And so there was like all of these traumas that were laid upon me that when I got to, you know, to my early twenties and, I was like, well, I'm just going to shift shape myself to yes. look a certain way. So now I'm finally, for the first time, feel like I'm approved mm-hmm. by other people. And then you live in that state, yes, yeah. right? Yeah. No, and then how did you feel inside? So because that like, yeah, I'm going to prove to the world around me that I matter, that I'm 
good mm-hmm. enough and um, to compensate for that little girl who's hurting deep down. How mm-hmm. did you feel? Did you feel anxious inside or what, what was your internal world like at that time? Do you remember? Oh, it was terrifying when, when the, the shakedown was happening, as I call it, right. When all of these things that I was attaching myself to were stripped away because right now I was coming down to that point of that little girl, as you're saying, be like, Oh my God, I'm going to be not accepted again. I'm, you know what I mean? There's all of these past traumas that were beginning to come up to the surface. And actually for me, um, it took going to Costa Rica and doing my first teacher training, which I always speak about, and I've talked about it before in other podcasts, where it wasn't a teacher training to become a teacher. It was truly like a, a soul realignment for me because it forced me to look into those traumatic experiences and those traumas that were created in, from my past or my childhood and to deal with it and to burn it and to cope with it and to process it for the first time in my life because I never had that opportunity. Life just presented, okay, cover it up put some high heels on and put your hair a certain way. And this is who you are now. Mm. And so finally, like it gave me that opportunity to do really, really painful, deep, deep work that then allowed me to come back into the same environment like Toronto and feel like, wow, I can claim my power again. Like this was all happened for a reason because now I can stand in my own truth and walk forward in a passion and a path that I know is connecting to my soul and my spirit. And that, that I feel living in a line of purpose. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And that that's it. That's the journey. And I love, I mean, the story is so perfect because that's it. The catalyst I work with, as I shared with you guys the other day, mm-hmm. I work with so many divorced women and, mm-hmm. you know, who are, and many, many, in which case the, it, it, it ends unexpectedly. Yeah. Um, and it's, this massive cat or even women who've lost their spouses and Mm -hmm. it it it's this massive implosion but catalyst for the homecoming and I believe that all of our big life shakeups are that and 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 continue to be even Mm -hmm. when we're already on the path we like like you said Mark how you're refining over and over I'm paraphrasing you didn't say refining but over and over and over again refining mm-hmm. your relationship, refining. And this, this relational dynamic that you are sharing here is a conscious relationship. This is what it means is not to sweep shit under the rug, but to mm-hmm. actually, I mean, and it's beautiful. I, I, you guys don't really have an option traveling the world, having a baby <laughs> or having a or toddler, having um, a business and growing your business in all these different mm-hmm. ways and a team and all of the things it is. I mean, it wouldn't even be possible if you weren't cleaning, cleaning the muck. And it's even the way you phrased it earlier, it sounded like the problems in front of us, let's work together to figure out the mm-hmm. challenge as opposed to cha- challenging each other. And and that's, mm-hmm. that's it too. Like just being willing to, okay, there's something challenging happening. Let's talk about it. Let's dig into it. Mm-hmm. And that's how we grow and evolve. And that's, to me, that's the whole point of relationship, like to, to have a good time and to be around someone you just, it, that just feels really easy to be around. I think that's one of the keys to an aligned Mm-hmm. Uh, any soul, like we talked about uh, the other day, soul, soulmates, like any yeah. soul that we're aligned with, if it doesn't feel easy, probably, you know, maybe it's not so aligned or aligned. there's a yeah. little digging to do, but that's my, in my experience with romantic relationships, it's, it's that sense of groundedness and ease and, and peace mm-hmm. that comes with alignment and, and then just, yeah, I just love this story and, and just mm-hmm. the we come back together to that place of alignment yeah. by talking about it and by working through whatever arises. Cause of well, course it's going to, of course. And, and not sweeping it under the rug. I like how you said yes. that. I think that's like, whether it's internal personally towards your authenticity and those whispers that we all get when we're doing something we shouldn't, and we do everything we can to wear the right clothes or, in my case, it was like buy the right things to try to make dull it down or take the drink enough alcohol, like whatever it might be to get that quiet so you can live in this false reality or in a relationship. If it's nice. like you don't want to pull it out and put it in front of you and face it, you're literally doing the same thing, just sweeping it under the rug and pretending and living yeah. a false reality and a false Fake relationship. <laughs> yeah. And then that's literally on both hands, whether it's personally or in a relationship you're going to destroy yourself. Yes, you're going to either destroy the relationship eventually or yeah. end up living a complete life that's living in a like an altered reality of 
like some sort of fallacy, mm -hmm. which is not healthy in any way and probably doesn't serve any kind of good for no. your, you, like your health and vitality and being. Don't I give you digestive issues. <laughs> right. Or, or you're, so, or, or something you're going to end up like destroying yourself in, yes. in the way that everyone self-sabotages through that idea of like, yeah. how do you make those like, the whispers and then i think when there's these giant moments like you're talking about like the music in, when the music imploded when the music stopped i like that when the music stopped yes and you're just there that amplifies the whispers and gives yes. you an, a beautiful opportunity to say oh it was right all along but it's yes. going to be terrifying terrifying and difficult and arduous and everything about this is going to be the worst thing that i ever have to do but the outcome is going to be I'm going to work slowly and painfully towards my truth. Yes. Um, and with that amplification, it's like the dark night of the soul. You get an opportunity to choose. Yes. You can choose yes. to go at it you and to take to what go. comes yeah. and face it and walk through the fire, or yeah. you can sink back and, and go back to this weird alternate reality. And some, you know, everyone has the choice, yeah. but if anyone's listening, that's in, in that kind of choice or faces one soon, it's, worth every every bit of energy yeah. and every moment of pain and 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 awkward struggle and all of the stuff like it's not easy when mm -hmm. we have a problem and to be like okay let's really get through this yeah. like it's hard you got to set your ego aside you got to get all the emotion and flush it out you got to figure out how to be present and conscious and proper and like and you have to like say things about yourself and admit things that you would never do even to yourself most of the time. So it's, but it's like, but it's worth it because yes. to have a purity mm -hmm. in any, with you, with you, yes. with anyone, it's like yes. it's the most valuable thing that a human that being can achieve with another human being. Totally. And that's how you actually feel love and intimacy. Like so many people are chasing love. And even with the person they're married to, you know, if you don't, if you're not talking about what's really going on, you're not ever going to fully feel loved by that person. Totally. And, you know, yeah. the, the, and, and, and we get to experience it in all our relationships mm -hmm. when you're willing to be real in this way. And that that is what intimacy is. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah. And I, and I think also just to add to what Mark was saying, I think just like, you know, energy in general, when you bottle it down and you don't deal with it, whether that is trauma or anything that just sits in you and you kind of sweep it under the rug, there's going to come a point in your life where there's going to be no more room in that rug for more dirt yeah. to come in. And that's yes. going to start to come out, you know? And yeah. so, and whether that is, and, and I think about it, like maybe it's when people have midlife crises or any of those like shifts that they just explode. Or like they that's, just become miserable people or they become miserable and they don't yeah. even know what what happened in the yes. root to make them feel so depressed and miserable it's you know it's we need to become aware of how am i dealing with difficulties in life in relationships and friendships and all of those things and am i standing forth in full consciousness and facing the fear because it's scary right it's yes. scary to have confrontational conversation or to talk about very vulnerable things and of course it's easier to hide it and run away and not think about it and just move on with your day but i think what's important to remember is that if you don't deal with that it's going to come back to you in another yes. way right and so you have you. to face the fear it will, <laughs> totally. it will. And it could even come back to you in a physical way you know when you look at it in the connection like through as we talk in yoga right energy is energy if you have negative energy it gets stored in your body if you don't get that energy out through even physical movement and practice it's slowly going to start to turn into an injury or an ache or any sort yeah. of physical ailment or disease like that's all starts in the mind and that connection and the mind body connection and you know? i have no, like i have no sure. doubt like i herniated my back Back years ago like mm -hmm. it was six years ago and yeah. I it was when we were still in Toronto it was before uh, we had figured out how to leave and I have no doubt that it was about the toxic energy that I was still being exposed to in Toronto yes. because yeah. ever since we left and I figured out how to remove those kinds of people and relationships and that inauthentic world from my yes. my complete being yeah. that physical manifestation healed and like yes. I was told it would never be the same again I was told yes. like yeah, and I think that, that like so whether it comes at you physically in the end and and like like you're saying like the mind body connection is one thing or you, it just comes at you emotionally like yeah. you know some people who are really 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 
sad versions of who they used to be because they're not living their authentic life. And I, I don't exactly. mean sad, like I'm saying that they're like sad in the deprecating way. I mean, they're actually just internally sad. sad. And like, yeah. sometimes that comes out as miserable or nasty or whatever, but like, it's like, it's a sadness to not live in your authentic self. is like mm -hmm. the worst 100%. thing that we all have to face because yeah. this culture just teaches us to be something we're not. It 100%. wants us to be something we're not. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. And yeah, I just think like, oh my God, the body, I mean, everything you're saying, the body is always talking to us. Our bodies are so wise. Every woman I've ever worked with, who's been cheated on before she knew in her body, she didn't necessarily know what, right. Mm. But the body's like, wait, something feels off or who's ended up right. in a relationship with a narcissist who looked really great on paper, like the Tinder swindler who looked really great on paper <laughs> or whatever it's our bodies are so wise. And I think like, mm -hmm. if we just look at Western medicine and obviously there's a time and a place for it, but we go to the doctor and the doctor's like, take a pill. You feel bad. Like oh, take a yeah. pill. You got to, you, you're, you know, your your body's physically hurting or you're emotionally hurting. Just take a pill. And what that does is just repress it. Mm -hmm. And then we're wondering why we're so depressed and why we're feeling so, but your body's guiding you. The truth is inside. And you're mm -hmm. both of your stories. Like you felt it inside when you were living this life and clearly you both are meant to do really big things in the world and it started with the superficial version of big things which also yeah. I really want to hear you sing now though so yeah. hopefully we can end with a song or something <laughs> or just but, send me a voice note <laughs> but like it's it, it's like our bodies know it's always leading us oh, yeah. always. And just most people don't know and think about it. Like even with Xavier, you're, you would witness him knowing his yeses and his nos. Like little kids are very clear on their yeses and nos because mm -hmm. they're listening to their bodies. But yes, then we yes. get taught to not listen to our bodies and not listen to ourselves to listen to all the adults around us. And then that becomes the conditioned mind. And then we listen to that over like who we're supposed to be over the truth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's true. No, exactly. True. And I, I just have to add, I think that like, we're, I think that everyone is, is destined for big things. Yes. I think everyone has yes. I agree. Yes. Like what we've done in one, what you look at it through one lens and it might be significant, but through many, many, many lenses, it's just what we do. And it doesn't really like, doesn't really matter. Like we try yeah. not to put too much purpose in it, but what the big thing is in that is we're just working in a journey towards figuring out how to live in alignment yes. and everything else is just what happens along the way. Mm -hmm. And those are the, if those are the big things, everyone is capable of that. I, I agree. I think purpose happens when we get into alignment and that, yeah. that's been true for me and all of my closest friends, like the more we come home to our truth and ourselves, the more, whatever we're here to do in mm -hmm is clear yeah. and you don't have to go looking just like you don't have to go looking for love. You don't have to go looking for your purpose. All you have to do is listen to those whispers mm -hmm. and, you know, be w courageous enough to come home. And it, mm -hmm. and like you said, Juliana, like it can feel fucking scary, but it's so worth yeah. it. And it's so much less painful than the alternative. Exactly. Like the alternative might not seem that painful, but it's like living with this pain all the time oh, yeah. versus the going easy, through the fire and it hurts it at is. first. And then you're like, Oh wow. It's amazing on the other side. <laughs> the, the easy road will lead to a hard life, but the hard road will always lead to a much like softer and easier yes. life. Yes. hundred percent. Like I, it's so important for people to it remember is. that. Yeah. And I think yeah. also just the idea that as cliche as it sounds, but life is too short to not be living yes. in the most, your most authentic self. You know what <laughs> oh, I mean? Yeah. Like you think about like how many people kind of put away their dreams or their, their goals, but like, well, well or, or themselves, but well, it's just not the right time right now. And then something terrible can happen in their life, like a disease or cancer. And then they're like, wait, 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 but I didn't get to do all these things I wanted to do because for some reason I thought I was going to have all this time and now I don't. And yes. I think that reminder of impermanence of everything of our life is important to kind of, I feel like to have in the back of your mind to make sure that even when it's scary and it seems like, well, I'm jumping off the cliff, but at least you're, you're facing your fears yes. and whatever happens, like it, you'll get up. You know what I mean? We always used to say with Mark, when we first sold everything we owned and we got into our van and <laughs> we just, drew, 
it sounds drastic, but, but it we was. Actually needed to make a major shift in our life. And we just yes. drove off and we were driving to this off-grid cabin in the middle of the woods in, in uh, BC, the middle of winter. And I remember like, to, you know, we were feeling so scared because we really had, we don't know where our life was going at this point. Right. There was right. no plan B. There was, there's no like, we're just going to go live in a cabin and see what happens happens you know we were making just enough money off of like youtube to sustain ourselves at that time and so like let's do this but i remember something mark said he's like you know the thing about it is you can always go back to your old life we can always move back to toronto we can always get the same jobs and you know what i mean and i think even that idea was going to die on the street starving exactly was to think about like okay well the worst case scenario is i'll be exactly where i am right now so why not do something and try to change my life. Like let's face the fear. What's the worst that can happen? Go back to where you were. You know what I mean? You're not physically going to die. Like sure. Life can change in certain ways, but you always find a way. And so it's, it's important to think about those ideas as well. And to to truly face our fears because, you know, life is too short to not be living in your most truest, authentic self with purpose and alignment and with love that we all deserve. It's so true. And it's so much richer. Like I just think Mm -hmm. of how rich all our connections are this connection. Like it's so much richer when you're living in alignment, everything we're trying to get from the outside is Mm -hmm. never going to give you that when you're home inside of yourself, it just, Mm -hmm. everything just tastes and feels and smells. And the experience of life is just Mm -hmm. so much more. Yeah. So this, there's just, this is amazing that the, I mean, we could talk forever. This, this, um, this conversation has so many gems. Like I just (laughs) feel like it's going to be one that, um, that they'll have to listen to over and over and over again. There's so many gems and I would love to hear if you have anything you want to share about, obviously Boho Beautiful is your YouTube channel. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your new podcast. Cause I think yeah. it's amazing. And I just love watching the unfolding Thank of that. You. Well, I think speaking of that fear and facing your fear, um, you know, Boho Beautiful has been our online baby that we launched and created in 2016 and has grown to be a beautiful community of people getting on their mats and, you know, checking in with themselves, whether it is through free content on YouTube or through our subscription app at bohobeautiful.tv. But then I think there was this other sense within us that we wanted to express more of our truth and more of our authenticity. And so that, that inspiration led us to create this new podcast called Stars and Destruct. Um, that we launched, when did we launch that? Like November, November, November? stars and stars and destruct is stars and destruct, right? Yeah. You're, you cut out for one second, right? When you said that, yeah, (laughs) but we'll, we'll link it below this episode anyways, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So what, what sparked the inspiration for it? I think it was just the idea that again, just trying to become more authentic in, in our more comfortable with our authenticity and Part of the what's been wonderful about Boho is we get to express the spiritual side of us. Mm-hmm. We get to express, you know, our, our, our the, it, if you watch Boho from the beginning till today, it's just an almanac like archive of our journey spiritually yeah. and our personal so cool. practice on the mat and together as a couple. Um, but part of what's really come alive is just like, um, I think our experience has allowed us to get a deeper understanding of the way we see the world but also a deeper yearning to understand that how the world works and how others navigate it so that we can learn from them Mm -hmm. and apply it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's, there's, you know, there's maybe one ultimate truth, maybe human beings will never know it, but the search towards it, even if you never achieve understanding any truth in life, the, the pathway towards it is like to us, it's, it's a very valuable path to start to walk. And so, so stars and destruct was like, now we, let's, you know, people think they know who we are from our spiritual side. How about we do something where now we talk and we get into things like this and we, we, we express ourselves, but allow others that we would never have a chance to, to express themselves towards us. And we can mine mm-hmm. gems of understanding with guests and with people that like may, we may, may never not have had an opportunity to meet or to talk to otherwise. Right. Oh, um, I love that. I, I, I just think of when people ask you that question, if like, who are the three dead people you would have lunch with, if you could, right. um, it's like ha- being able to be like, who do we want to interview? And you've had some really amazing people on there so far and you only launched it. When did you launch it? 
we, we started November. in November, but then mm-hmm. we had bitten off way more than we could chew at that time so with Boho and with Xavier yeah. and everything. So we took a pause and we started coming back at it weekly for the last couple of months yeah. now. So but yeah, I don't know, we're on like episode 15. But I think what's also really cool is because, um, you know, when you're teaching yoga and doing the work that we did, it was always one directional, like you create a yes. class or practice and people enjoy it on the other side, but that's as far as it went. Whereas when you're able to have these beautiful conversations with people, not only are we learning so much and, and getting to know people, but we're making new friends, we're making new relationships. Right. And, and, and that's something I think we were lacking a little bit just from being constantly traveling, the two of us just so immersed in this world one world with boho beautiful mm-hmm. so. and and yoga and speaking of the yogic portion of it like yoga is self-realization it's the journey to understanding yes. and everything that we've done on the mat has been wonderful but yoga is also off the mat so it's part of Everywhere. our practice it's like the yonic mm-hmm. yoga like it's about yeah. coming off the mat with all that we've cultivated and figuring out how now to cultivate more mm-hmm. for ourselves for others and with others um in a co-creational atmosphere of conversation um, and of creating content to create more conversation, the extra layer, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a yeah. part of a deep yoga practice for us, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Like the yonic yeah. yoga, it's like no, you, you, the, 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 it's the yoga, yoga of knowledge stuff. and wisdom. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, I love it. I'm so in love with you guys. So I just mm-hmm. like love talking with you. I feel so aligned with every yeah everything you say. And I just love who you are in the world. And, you know, Xavier is so blessed. I know you're blessed to have him too. Um, but he's so blessed to have you as parents. And I just love following your journey and can't wait till we cross paths in Greece or Costa Rica, but I feel like it's going to be Greece. I I, I have a feeling it'll be Greece. We've been really talking about it. I'm like, I feel like September. Yes. That part of the world is calling us for sure. We can't wait to all right, the we'll universe you and, and everyone yeah. else. <laughs> we'll see you in September. Thank you so much Thank for you. this okay. epic conversation. Yes. And like, wow, what a story. That was my favorite love story I've ever heard. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Love you guys. Love, Love you too. too. And as always, share this episode with a woman you know in need of having a little expansion and inspiration in her love life and yours. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next week. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, You can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon.